Hello and welcome. It is episode 10 of the Fantasy Alarm Hockey Podcast. Uh, I am joined by Chris Murray, as always. How are you doing tonight, Chris? I'm doing well, man. How are you doing? Oh, not too bad. It is uh, Sunday of a long weekend. We only had two hockey games today. I think, well, I say had. I believe uh, Vegas and Colorado are still playing. Uh, but uh, a light Sunday. Uh, and it was, oh, an odd week. So, I mean, we continue to lose oodles of games to, to COVID. Um, we are starting to see some players come back. So um, we had uh, Washington get uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov back. Uh, he had a couple points today. Uh, Ilya Samsonov got sent down to Hershey for some conditioning. Um but uh, it was an interesting week. So, uh, I mean, went through, took a look at the top performers for the last week. And the only way I could describe it was the unusual suspects. A week ago, we wouldn't have been like, you know who's going to lead this week in points? Cam Atkinson, Alex DeBrinkett, and uh, Chandler Stevenson's going to be right there in the top five. Uh, I think the only player in the top five that would have been anything close to predictable was Patrick Kane. Um, so any, what are your thoughts on the week that went by? Um, any, any thoughts on these, those, that trio of players? I, I mean, I think Atkinson to bring it and, and Stevenson often fill a role and they're often, well, Atkinson now more than ever is, is usable. Uh, um, but uh, what do you, how do you feel about that? I mean, for De, for Alex DeBrincat, I'm not. I mean, not to say that I'm shocked, right? I mean, he's it's him and Patrick Kane, so somebody's got to do something. And you know, last week it was Alex DeBrincat. Patty Kane also having. I mean, he's having himself a really good season as well. I like looked up at one point, and I mean, you haven't heard much about Patrick Kane, right? You know, he's there. You know, he's good, but. He's having himself one of those, you know, really good seasons here. And we forget that he plays for the Chicago Blackhawks sometimes. Uh, he's playing a close to 22 minutes a night. Like, it's it's all Patrick Kane. So when you play with him, good things are going to happen. Uh, for Chandler Stevenson, I mean, he's between the team's two best players, right? And if he can just feed uh, Max Pacioretty, things should go pretty well for him, I would say. But to have the week that he's having, like you said, he, he ended up, he becomes kind of serviceable in most formats. He's 28% owned on Yahoo as well. So he's very, very much available there where you can add him and, you know, fill a role, not even just a kind of like a deaf role, but you can probably start him anytime you know, his team is going, which is kind of nice, right? To find one of those players on the waiver wire. And I mean, for Cam Atkinson, Atkinson's a good player. I think that he kind of gets forgotten in that system right, that John Torrell has them running a lot of defense. But I think the fact that Patrick Line is there, Line also had a big week. He had a lot of things going on, right? And everything seems to have calmed down there. So as long as he's playing as well with with uh, Patrick Line, things should be things should be smooth uh, for Atkinson. On my side, I mean, if you want to know how my week is going, uh, <laughs> I failed to meet the minimum required goalie starts. Uh, that number is three, by the way. So there, uh, there goes Gat. I made a last ditch effort trying this weekend, and it has not helped. So yeah, this has been a very interesting week, and one that I will 
happily put behind me and just move <laughs> on to something else. But congratulations to my opponent on winning every single goalie category this week. Yeah. Um, on Cam Atkinson, I mean, I think somewhere that's getting forgotten a little bit is the sudden emergence of Jack Roslovic. Um, I mean, outside of yesterday, he had a, at least a point in every game since, well, every game this year, and every, specifically every game since coming over in that trade. Uh, and I was listening to NHL Network Radio uh, while I was in the car, and <laughs> apparently people in Columbus are now actually referencing Patrick Line as the throw-in in that deal, not Roslovic, uh, ironically. So, um, yeah, I mean, Rock, Roslovic also had five points in four games. Uh, he was... DFS gold because you're getting him under like 5k all week at some point I think even under 4k in spite of uh, <clears throat> having like multi-point games in three out of four nights um, so yeah I mean and you know from what I'm hearing Roslovic is actually a, a big reason for Atkinson's resurgence uh, he's, I, he's bringing a lot of energy to the rink um, and he uh, to put it bluntly he doesn't seem to really give a shit so um Apparently that energy is uh, really going a long way, as opposed to the uh, the similar version of not giving a shit that we get from that we got from Patrick Laine, which was I'm gonna you know mouth off to one of the assistant coaches and sit for 26 minutes in a night. So um, people yeah. forget though for Jack Roslovic, like I, I know it's a bit, right COVID's gone on for like 10 years, right? But like he's a former first round pick as mm-hmm. well, and I mean I. I talked about him a little bit in the waiver wire article that I put out. I think it was two weeks ago from now as like an ad, and you could you could have gotten him for free. I think he had it was something like four points in five games. I was like, hey, you know, he's got dual position eligibility on Yahoo. He plays center. He plays right wing. Yeah. Uh, over the last 24 hours on Yahoo, his ownership has gone up by 39% to 43. So, I mean, that's kind of what the whole world is getting on here. And he was just like. He was playing, what, 14 minutes a night in that system, and all of a sudden, over the last four games, he hasn't played less than 19. So I think he's he's starting to find a home on that top line, and I think that's kind of helping Columbus have the success that they had. I mean, yeah, they lost to Chicago 3-2. They scored six goals against Kevin Lankinen, who has been rock solid for the Chicago Blackhawks, and... I mean, Jack Roslovic is, I think this deal worked out extremely well for Columbus because Roslovic is the other way. Like, think about it, right? You could have easily traded uh, Line for Dubois, one, one, one for one, and you would have said, okay, that's a fair trade. And then kind of Columbus says, okay, well, we'll take Jack Roslovic, who's already in Columbus here, who's a Columbus native and doesn't want yeah. to return to your team. And I guess they said, yeah, sure, throw him in there, just toss him and whatnot. And now he's could arguably be the top centerman on that team, which again, you don't really think of Jack Roslovic as a top centerman, but he's, he's definitely producing. So if you need somebody to center your fantasy hockey team, it's still not too late to get on board the Jack Roslovic train before that one departs. Yeah. And then you're stuck trying to find some other plug to get in there and take up some minutes. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just looking at ESPN. He's still only 40% rostered there uh up 38.6 which is still too low right like, oh yeah I mean, he should be like 70 percent in like, like 12 team league like any 
maybe eight or ten team leagues, you can just kind of forget. But twelve and upwards, you should probably be owned easily. In a ten-team league, you should own players that are above a point per game, right? Fair, like, yeah. That's um, basic math, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I mean, he played almost twenty minutes a game this week for over four games. That's that's exactly what you're looking for. Um, so yeah, I mean, Columbus, it's a thing again. They're scoring goals. Uh, Speaking of places that aren't scoring goals, but somehow are now keeping the puck out of their net, uh, what the heck's happening in Ottawa? I mean, they go from getting pelted by uh, Vancouver and Edmonton to facing better teams in uh, Winnipeg and Montreal, and suddenly like they aren't giving up the goals that they once were. Is like, is this? Uh, I saw some stat that spoke more to their lack of goal scoring that should happen but hasn't but um i was very surprised to see like ottawa not being a flat-out doormat this week it was nice um that's for sure kind of surprising right they they beat winnipeg um right on saturday 2-1 they got throttled by them the night before uh sorry two nights before that on the Thursday, on uh, the Thursday, if I'm not mistaken, uh, 5-1, which is fine, right? You're going to get throttled by Winnipeg in a sense. But, I mean, their two games that they played against Edmonton, those were very, very tight games. They didn't give up more than three goals, which, again, for the Ottawa Senators, like, that's a win. <laughs> like, not getting destroyed is a win. And I, I think it's just coming down to they're just uh, – like, are they as terrible as we think they are? No, yeah. but I think they're starting to just – get a little bit better right they're playing yeah. better they're starting to find this this balance through their lineup and as much as i don't like it like i mean i'm looking at daily face off here and who knows what they got on but I mean, josh norris's slud has, has gone down the lineup there chris turney's playing on the top line they got stutzel on the third they're starting to balance out to donov shout out to Evgeny Dodonov, who is starting to do something so that's always nice as well. So when you get the contributions that you need and your team starts to kind of figure it out a little bit, as I say, then you're going to do better. And I think it builds their confidence as well, right? When you don't get absolutely throttled by your opponent or knowing that you're going to go out and at least be competitive. So that yeah. that probably helps as well. And maybe their blue line is starting to just, you know, settle into what they need. I mean, there are good Branson's still there, so they still have five good defensemen. But it's it's not it's not as bad as it. I, I think it's not as bad as people thought it was. Like it's still right, not good, but it's they're nowhere near the same level as let's say the Detroit Red Wings are. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, I guess to be clear, what continues to confuse me is that like week to week we see like a different worst team in the league, right? Like one week it's Ottawa, one week it's Detroit, but the next other weeks, the teams look totally fine. And they're, well, I use fine in the least fine sense, but like where they're not, they're losing two, one games, three, one games, and they're being competitive. Like this week it's Nashville. Nashville's absolutely atrocious. Like you, how are you losing to Detroit right now? Right, like you were a playoff team last year. Detroit has no Nashville's talent. Nashville's a fraud. 
<laughs> well, Nashville I agree. Specifically, UC Soros. I think UC Soros and Pecorine had this like, like in the movie Thirteen Going on Thirty, where they kind of just swapped bodies or something. Because like Soros is absolutely garbage. He 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 can't stop a beach ball here, uh, which is kind of a problematic here. He, I mean, he came into relief against Detroit late. And I don't think I don't think it matters, but prior to that game on Saturday, right? In his previous start, he gave up six goals, five before that to Florida, and then four to Tampa Bay. Like he can't he can't stop a puck. He he just can't anymore. It it, it doesn't seem like something he's doing right now. And that's that's really problematic because I have a lot of Cyrus shares. I thought he would be better. And the problem is, is now the ageless Pecorine seems to be doing well, and that's going to cause a whole bunch of problems. So you have a really a, a not great team. I, I don't think the Predators are a really good team. Their line, their lineup in general seems to just be, you know, we pick names out of a hat, and you know, whoever is healthy can can center. And I heard some conversations going around like, oh, they don't have Ryan Johansson in the lineup, and I said, yeah, <laughs> then they should be better. Right, or they should be shooting the puck more, but they play. I mean, against what they had ten shots on goal against Detroit on Saturday after two periods. Like, like what are yeah, you doing? Dude. Like, like what's like what's going on here? What like what universe am I living in where I where this is like this is good? They they just don't look good as a team. They don't look like they have anything going, and usually their strong spot would be their defense and that's clearly not the case right outside of Roman Yossi and Ryan Ellis like fine those are your top two defensemen uh I you know they'll be good and whatnot when Matthias Eckholm's out of the lineup here but if not I mean your your other four right without Eckholm in the lineup is Jared Tenorio you couldn't find a home anywhere Dante Fabro, who you're like okay Matt Benning and Mark I mean Mark Borowiecki like the like what's happening here? Like those are those are two really bad pairings, right? So you're gonna get steamrolled a lot. Couple that with the fact that Saros can't stop a puck. Yeah, Saros has a is stopping eighty percent, just over eighty percent of the yeah, pucks he's used in the last week. That's that's not getting it done anywhere. I think that's like he's starting to creep into the Martin Jones level conversation here. Where well, like man, Martin Jones, Martin Jones is looking at that going. Wow, you're making me look good right now. And I mean, Jones wishes he could get that. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Martin Jones also managed to keep San Jose in a game against Vegas yesterday, which I didn't really expect either. But uh, but don't forget, right? Like, let's not get lost here and remember that Martin Jones is still like he's still a fraud. He's still oh, yeah. very not good and that'll that'll never change he was called out after i forget what game he i mean he gets blown out so often it's kind of hard to remember which one you know which game it is um but bob bogner basically just called him out and said that he should have pulled him i think it was against la um right which again you're giving up six goals to the la king like okay um but I mean, he can't he 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 can't stop anything. We we know this, right? Martin Jones is now going down the aisle of, you know, he's got a 396 goals against average, 867 saves. So it's like we know he's not he's not great. He's got five wins this season. So, you know, congratulations to him for just kind of 
dragging his dead corpse over the line to get the win there. But it's yeah, where uh, my th- my thought here, all this to say, is that like Nashville has a problem. UC Saros is one of them, and whatever their top nine is, it's just it's it's just not going anywhere. Yeah, I mean, we knew that that Nashville's top nine, 12, 15, if you will, wasn't good. That like, they just, you just look at that from top to bottom, you know, like you don't have anyone, you don't have a center. Uh, Philip Forsberg sometimes comes out and plays, but lots of times he doesn't. Um, Michael Granlund hasn't been a thing in a while now. Uh, but they re-signed him because they had no depth and they seemingly probably didn't like didn't make a whole lot of effort to sign anybody. When you look at like Mike Hoffman took a literally had to take a minor league deal to get around the cap with St. Louis so that he could sign then sign an actual deal once they could put players on long term IR. Like why wasn't Nashville on a Mike Hoffman? Right? Like that's exactly the type of player that they would have needed. Um I mean, Victor Arvidsson has been invisible. <laughs> yes, for years now. I just, I played him and I was like, well, this didn't turn out well. But like, he, like, yeah, like these are their, <laughs> they have exactly seven players that had two points in four games or better over like that's that's not getting it done. Like Dante Fabro was one of them. He was your leading point getter for for seven days. Uh, like but when Luke Cunning like, is your top centerman, things <laughs> yeah. things are not going well. Yeah. Things are not going well. You don't have the the depth down the middle, right? Matt Duchesne's kind of just been there, but you know he's Classic not doing Matt much. Duchesne. Kind of just cashing a check at this point. Uh, Eric Halla is not going to solve your problems. You could put Nick Cousins in the middle. You can put Colton Sissons. Like, you could do whatever you want at that point. And you put you or I in at this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could I could fourth-line center easily. I think Michael McCarron was in the lineup, right? And <laughs> also like, could find a home anywhere. He couldn't find a home. Like, when, when Montreal drafted him, the first thing, they're like, yeah, you know, his skating needs a little bit of work on it. And you're like, all right, well, cool, right? He's a big body, but, like, if Michael McCarron's getting into your lineup, there's a there's a problem here, right? There, you need an able body, which is saying a lot because again, like Ryan Johansson, just like he does nothing. He does nothing for for me. He does nothing for anybody. He just I don't know. It's, yeah. It's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to look at when your top centerman, if that's what you want to call him, has four points this season, has 16 shots on goal. You're saying, man. We can't replace him. (laughs) That's, man, that's bold, right? A player who's getting, like, no shots per game. He has one game this season where he had over two shots. That was against Tampa Bay when he had four, which I'm assuming he was, like, I'm assuming two of those shots were him just firing them from the red line or something, and maybe it hit the (laughs) goal. It happened, yeah, they hit. Yeah, yeah. They went off the boards and went back through the crease. Correct. Like he plays twenty minutes a night or something. He gets one shot, and you're like, okay, well, cool. Yeah. I hate rostering Ryan Johansson when I have to. 
<laughs> I hate thinking about rostering him because I'm like, man, I can't wait for him to get a zero across the board because he didn't do anything, didn't block anything, didn't shoot anything, didn't pick up a point, and just this big fat zero there. And I'm like, man, that's unfortunate. I should have known better. Yeah, I think I have him in a dynasty right now. And I got him really late in that dynasty thinking, like, you know what? In a full season, he could still get 45 points. Nope. Don't think so. Doesn't look that way right now. No, not with that national team. Yeah. Um, anyways, keeping things moving forward here. Uh, goalies continue to be voodoo. Um, we saw in the last two weeks... Uh, Mike Smith has a 985 save percentage in two games. Malcolm Subban has a 968 save percentage. Like, uh, we're just seeing like Frederick Anderson 935 in the last in, across five games. Um, we're just seeing strange things, right? Like, um, and, and I. At least from my perspective in DFS, it's at times it's just rolling the dice. I mean, I'm not certain why I don't just always play Andre Vasilevsky, um, no matter the price, no matter who they're playing, because it is the only thing that looks like safety. Everyone else after that is just a flat out roll of the dice. Um, I mean, Simeon Varlamov has played well recently. He's got 937 in the last four games. The Islanders have played better after their little COVID break. Uh, Connor Hellebuck's played been fine. I mean, 934 across five games. But uh, we're just seeing kind of a lot, what feels like a lot of randomness, right? Like Carey Price is only at 906 in that time period. Uh, Thomas Grice also is at 906. Uh Carter Hart's like you said to be voodoo. Yeah, Carter Hart's at like 889. Um, Tristan Jari up to an 877 now, which uh, gets him right in line with uh, Sergei Bobrovsky. We're getting there. We're getting yeah. there. <laughs> uh, but it's like, and Jake Ottinger, uh, I'd like to imagine he had a really good week because we talked about him last week. Uh, is sitting there with a, a 9-10 save percentage in four games. Almost three of those were this week, and he looked really good in most of those in most of that time. Uh, and the only game that uh, uh, Kudobin came in, he looked terrible. So uh, I, I still think that's a pickup that people should be going to make. Uh, just see what happens if you've got, you know, one of these many goalies who've had a terrible start. I think it's at least worth looking at. Uh, I think Dallas has a couple games against uh, Nashville this week as well. So that's, again, not a, not a bad place to look for goalies. Uh, but, yeah, I, don't, I mean, <laughs> I feel like we talk about goalies every week. And, I mean, I'm making what the things up that we talk about. So that's largely on me. Um, but it's just... I mean, how no, can you not they, talk about Mike Smith when he's got... 985 save percentage. He's got <laughs> one goal in two games. One of them yeah. was Ottawa, fine, but the other one is a 38 save shutout against Montreal, and you're like, Ooh, okay, yeah, that's uh, that's unfortunate. But like, is Mike Smith good again? Did did I like did did I miss something? Like, 
Yeah, I mean, one that does stand out to me over this period of time, uh, Igor Shesterkin looks like he's rounded kind of back into who people thought he was. Uh, he's had at least five good straight good starts, even if they're not all wins. Uh, they're certainly not on him. I mean, he hasn't given up more than two goals in each of his last five starts. Uh, his worst save percentage in those games is 920. You'll certainly take that. Um, I mean, the Rangers now have goal scoring problems with Panarin out. Who knows how long he's going to be out for. But uh, uh, if anyone bailed on Shesterkin early, uh, certainly, hopefully, somebody, if he's out there, you should be cashing in on that if you haven't already. Uh, Marc Andre Fleury is uh, a real thing again. He's got 941 save percentage in his last five games. Looks like, I mean, Leonard's hurt, uh, but he had back-to-back starts. Got a one-nothing shutout against a uh, an Avalanche team that had Nathan McKinnon today. Uh, Cam McCarr was out, uh, but I mean, that team with Nathan McKinnon is certainly formidable, nonetheless. Uh, they're on a back-to-back. I think they traveled too. They were. Uh, in San Jose yesterday and back home in Vegas today. So, uh, yeah, goalies are goalies. There's a, there's especially a especially for Marc Andre Fleury, like he's come out here and just really has taken taken a stance. And I think that's why, like especially for me, right when we were covering a little bit of the draft guide and looking at goalies, like that was the one thing I was starting to fear with people who were taking these, you know, the Robin Leonard's and the Shesterkins of the world super early with capable backups. And you say, okay, well, like, I'm not going to get that value at that point because if these backups do play well or they do split time, then it's going to become problematic. And in this case, like, especially for Vegas, right? Like, I feel like Vegas can easily go back to Marc-Andre Fleur and say, hey, you'll just be the starter now and you'll play a bulk of games. And if Leonard can't figure it out, then, you know, sit here. And now you're taking, you know, if you took Leonard early, right, top five goalie in your draft, now you're sitting, you know, you're sitting with a goalie who's a backup. And that's something that you don't really want to sit up. I I don't think for Shesterkin it's going to be a problem. He's kind of playing himself back into where he needs to be. He kind of started off slow. And I think the Rangers have started to play a little bit better, right? They're not scoring goals. So, I mean, that's that's a whole yeah. other thing to figure out. But at least they're not getting train wrecked, which is something that they can play up there for. But definitely, if you're sitting on Marc-Andre Fleury right now, like he is, he is a sell-high candidate to me. I would sell him to anybody who's willing to give me a starting goalie or a top scoring forward. So if I'm... I would find the Robin Leonard owner and say, Hey, I got something for you. You know, how desperate are you to get your hands on a goalie who could take over? Right. Yeah. And you see if they bite and what they're willing to pay at that point, whether they believe if, you know, he's legit or not is, it's neither here nor there. Right. You either want is you want him as a handcuff. And if he's going to continue this success, then you definitely want him on your team. So you don't have to worry about, you know, not getting those stars. Because like I said, for me this week, getting three goalies to play was impossible. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't possible with COVID going on and everything. And and just, you know, I, I have Tristan Jarrett on my team and UC Saro, so that didn't work out pretty well there. So yeah. with all that going on, and some owners might be tighter to those, you know, thresholds that are needed, I, I mean, I was trying to look around my league trying to see if someone is willing to trade me a goalie and 
sadly, I play with people who are smart. So they saw me coming a mile away and were like, yeah, yeah, well, I'll give you a goalie. Just, you know, give me your best skater. And I was like, well, you know, how about no? So let's, you know, let's take the L here, sit down, eat my spinach, and come back next week and see if it's better. Yeah, ho- hope that it evens itself out because it, it likely will. You'd you'd expect. I mean, I mean we're all, we're still a still a good distance from being outside of the COVID shadow. So like, I mean, I, I play in a points league where I put up forty points this week. Like, <laughs> I mean, you're just like that's just how this year is going to be. Like you're just gonna have weeks and it's gonna be like well didn't have any points like no one will go undefeated in a fantasy league this year no not without some extreme amount of luck i mean when was the last time the devils played hockey i, I don't i don't have no idea month? <laughs> it might not have been this month it's i feel like it's been forever and Mackenzie blackwood is already i think he was on the covid protocol as before or was either yeah. out or in like i i have him on my team i have i don't remember the last time i started but like, i don't <laughs> Yeah. The same thing with Jack, with uh, Taylor Hall. Like I don't remember the last time I had Taylor Hall in my lineup at this. Point. At this point, I'm just trying to like, like it's kind of like the meme where the dog is sitting in the room and everything is on fire. And you're yeah. just like, yeah, this is fine, and that's just me. I'm just watching players get hurt and put on the COVID protocol list, and I can't stash them all right on the IR plus if you use it on Yahoo. So I just got a whole bunch of bodies not playing. And holes in my lineup, and I'm just sitting there going, yeah, nothing to look at here. That's fine. I'll make it. Yeah, the Devils have not played a game yet this month. That sounds fair. I mean, also goalies that are eating you alive. Imagine uh, taking that uh, early round pick on Ilya Samsonov. He's played two games this year. Yeah, it hasn't worked out so far. <laughs> he's in, he's in, in the AHL right now because, I mean, to be to be aware of the situation, right? Like, it sounds like he got really sick, right? Like COVID, he was not. One yeah, of it sounds like it was people. not good for him. Yeah, he was not one of those people who was like, yeah, it was fine. I was asymptomatic, and I, you know, I hung out in my hotel room for the next two weeks while I while I quarantined and, you know, played a lot of video games or whatever, right? Um, so I mean, <laughs> it's certainly not the same for everybody. Yeah. And for those people asking when was the last time Mackenzie Blackwood played hockey, January 19th against yeah. the New York Rangers in a 4-3 win. He had 47 saves in that game. Which means he's played exactly three games this year. He's played three games, exactly. He's 2-0-1, excellent goals against average, very nice save percentage. Again, small sample size here, but he does have two games with over 35 saves. So... You know, if the Devils could play hockey, that'd be nice. But I mean, uh, I mean, their entire lineup is their their entire rosters on the COVID protocol list. So. Yeah, uh, I mean, the one thing I would note is, uh, I mean, it's probably worth reaching out to the Mackenzie Blackwood owner and saying, "Hey, do you need a goalie that plays games? I've got goalies. That pl- I've got a goalie that plays games." Uh, probably reaching out to the Jack Hughes owner. And, probably saying the same because like you went two weeks without a player and if you couldn't put him on the IR uh, I mean and even if you could put him in the IR replacement levels certainly not great because everyone's dealing with the same issues 
So like, there's probably deals. It was a we- long process too. Like it wasn't like a couple of games where you get a couple pushback. Like the Devils had their first batch pushback. I put the entire Devils team on my injury report when I was looking for players. Like just the whole <laughs> Devils team. I'm not even gonna pick one. Every single if you play for the Devils injury yeah. report. It just it. says New Jersey Devils. It just says New Jersey. Literally, it just says that. It says New Jersey Devils. Like I, I didn't even want to pick one. I was like, doesn't matter. The whole team. Like if you own some a player from this team. It's yeah. probably not working out well. Like, they had their first batch of games that were postponed, and then the league kind of said, yeah, it's not getting better. Same thing for, I think, Minnesota as well. They were like, yeah, this is not working, so we're going to postpone a couple of more games here. Uh, so the Devils haven't played meaningful hockey in what feels like forever. So it's it's definitely been a headache. And like you said, for fantasy owners who you know don't have solutions, don't have goal leads, that they're starting to be put in a situation where you might think or at least entertain the idea of moving a goalie who's on the COVID protocol list or on a team that's not playing for maybe a goalie who's not worth the same value, but, you know, he's he's playing. Play. He's doing yeah. something. Because, yeah. I mean, there's going to be advantage to be had here, right? Like, I think Minnesota at some point in the next month or so is going to play seven straight days, right? So, like getting players that are going to be in seven straight games, it's going to have obvious value, right? Especially like they're like, if you're playing season long, that's like, that's found money. Especially if you can get somebody to make those trades with you, right? Like if you get, like if you get Blackwood for, uh, I don't even know who an equivalent would be right now off the top of my head. Like if you were trading like a, maybe a Kevin Lankinen say, Hey, look, you know, Lankinen's played well. Chicago's winning games right now. Like they still got Patrick Kane. Look, they can score goals. He's keeping him in. You know, I'll give you Lankanen straight up. He's they're playing games. You don't know when New Jersey's gonna play again. Looks like Tuesday. But uh, you know, you end up getting a trading that off for a stretch of like you know, they where they might play like fifteen games in twenty days. Especially if you're getting somebody like like Jack Hughes, who looks like he's come around and you know, it's a lot of games. Not, those games would make a huge difference in points leagues, in categories leagues, as long as they're, I mean, for goalies, as long as they're not playing terribly. I mean, that could shoot you in the foot a little bit if they come out and have like three or four bad starts. But um, yeah, I mean, those are those are advantages that you should look at trying to take on um, going, you know, go out and make those offers. See what happens. People get desperate. So, uh, I mean, moving forward, taking a look at next week. So, typically I put this together and I say, these are some games next week that I think look particularly uh, enticing. Uh, This week, I didn't do that because last week was so random that I just didn't know the games to look at. So, what we're going to do this time around is in the last four, four games, or... Sorry, in the last two weeks, Vancouver, Carolina, Nashville, and Columbus are giving up the most goals. So those feel like the obvious targets. Uh, Any of those teams not look like a team you should be targeting over the next week? I mean, Vancouver's going to give up a whole bunch of goals. I feel like at some point they're going to come back down to earth. They absolutely steamrolled Calgary on Saturday. (laughs) Because here I am waiting for the late hammer of Gaudreau and Monaghan to come out. And Vancouver's just 
firing everything at yeah. you know Marshall. They seemed really pissed off at him. <laughs> like <laughs> they just fired the whole thing, and I was like, did Calgary forget like that Edmonton is just giving up a whole bunch of goals here? Like did 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 we just did, did we not do that anymore? And yeah. I mean they played terribly, Calgary. They were just not doing anything. They didn't do anything of value to to to, to me at least. So that kind of uh, that kind of sucked there, but I if I mean if I had to bet money on which team would give up the most goals, right? The Canadian division is just giving up goals left, right, and center, so it's going to be that one. But uh, a close second, I would definitely put Nashville in that category. Really surprised to see Carolina there. Well, I mean, uh, is I James like, Reimer not elite anymore? No, it's it, James Reimer is is uh, Optimus Rhyme back oh. back at his best. The problem is that they're still rolling out Alex uh, Alex Nedrovic. Uh, my apologies if he happens to be listening to this podcast that I probably just butchered your name. Highly doubt he's given up goals, so he's. Uh, <laughs> but like, I think he started something like ten NHL games and has yet to stop ninety percent of the shots he faced in one of those games. Um, and so, James, so, James suboptimal, but yeah. Okay. James Reimer is not going to be Optimus Rhyme forever. Uh, so, like, Carolina is a team that you can, like, I think is a sneaky target in DFS when people are, are looking in other directions to go, hey, you know what? Carolina gives up goals. You can go you can go and find some there uh, with low ownership. Columbus as well. I mean, like, I th- always think of Columbus as, like, they're a tight-checking team. They're not going to give up a lot of goals. Um but Corpus Hall has been really up and down. Uh, I don't think Merz Leakins is back yet. Uh, so it's just been Corpus Allo, and he has not consistently looked good. Um, which, I mean, I think all four of those teams are giving up four goals a game right now. So definitely some, some teams to keep in mind. Corpus Allo has been, like, very not good. Yeah, I mean... He's been not good since I wrote him in the playbook saying, go, like, Corpus Allo stopping 94% of his shots right now. You should go and make sure you, you get some Corpus Allo. Uh, and then it just all went, went straight. I said some nice things about him on Thursday with uh, Howard and Jim, right, on the Sarah Sexton show. I was like, hey, this is, this is going to be a low-scoring game. You could go, you know, blank it in, or you can go Corpus Allo. And then, boom. You know, 10 p.m. rolled around, and I was like, oh, this is a 6-5 game. Cool. Uh, none of these goalies are doing what I want. And Columbus ended up scoring, like, four goals in that third period as well. It was absolute madness. Just, yeah, yeah it was it was not a good week for goalies, man. Corpus Allo has an 850 across four games. Yeah, can't stop the puck. And he was over 900 twice, but never hit 920. So like, he had a 769. That's not getting it done. Uh, an 808. That that's definitely not getting it done either. So, if Tortorella like, could bench him, he probably would. <laughs> yeah, if they had any goalies left, because I think even like the third string guy is is injured as well. So I don't even, uh, I don't even know. Let's back it up in Columbus. My apologies to him. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's uh like yeah, it's another European name that I I'm gonna avoid saying okay. for the sake of uh, my own embarrassment. <laughs> Uh, on the flip side of this, five teams that are scoring the most goals right now. Tampa, Columbus, Toronto, Carolina, Chicago. <laughs> uh, 
Tampa last night, like, so they get steamrolled by the Panthers Friday. Uh, Bobrovsky manages to hold down the fort, give up one goal. Uh, sorry, it might have been Thursday. Um, Stamkos is out late, late scratch, doesn't play Saturday either. Uh, <laughs> and then the, the, the Lightning come out, score six goals. And Braden Point has nothing to do with any of them. Nothing. I was so tilted. I, I saw six, right? Uh, I'm pretty sure Borowski started that game because he got lit yeah. up. Uh, so I was like, perfect. This is an excellent spot, right? Steven Stamkos is pulled late. So I was like, all right. No, I know he's not coming back. He ended up playing. Like, Braden Point played 23 minutes uh, on that Thursday game. 23. He had two goals. Like, he was just unstoppable. I'm like, perfect. He's going to be able to steamroll Bobrovsky. He's not going to stop the puck. We know this. This isn't new stuff. Uh, he finished the game with one shot on goal, one block. And <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't figure out how. Like, do you know how hard it is to do that? Like, scoring a hat trick in the NHL? That's pretty hard. Yeah. And having your team score six goals and you do literally nothing when you play on the top line with talented players? Couldn't believe it. Well, what I would note is that he used to play on the top line of talented players. Uh, no offense to, to Andre Palat or uh, Blake Coleman. I mean, they're both certainly talented enough, but they're not Steven Stamkos or um, Nikita Kucherov. Sure, but the true. two goals from Tyler Johnson, too. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. That's tilting. And, well, and the other part that was, was like Anthony Sorelli was also out. Like, yeah. I thought Florida was going to come in and score, like, five again. Because I'm like, Sorelli's out. They're going to struggle to shut down, uh, you know, whether it be the, the Barkov line or, or the Hoover line. And they're going to, like, this could be, like, a f- another, like, 5-2 game. Nope. 6-1 Tampa. Point does nothing. Everyone does nothing that you would have thought would do something. Uh, it was also the first night where I was like... Uh, I'd wrote up uh, Mikhail Sergachev like four straight nights. He'd put up points in each of those nights. I'm like, you know what? I got to back off Sergachev. I've gone to the well too much on this. Sure enough, there's Sergachev again getting points. So uh, didn't see that one coming. Uh, Columbus, we, we talked about Columbus. I don't know how for real this amount of goal scoring is, uh, but for now, I mean, you should run. They're giving up. They're giving up a lot of goals and they're scoring a lot of goals. They are playing fun hockey, the opposite of what John Tortorella enjoys. He does <laughs> not want any fun. Like he's watching this, pulling his hair out, going, "Okay, like no." Yeah, what are you guys doing? So what is going on here? For uh, at least the time being, we got to look at Columbus games in, in DFS. Uh, Toronto is, well, Toronto, like, I don't think it's a huge surprise that Toronto's scoring goals. Um, sounds like they're going to get a little healthier, which may keep them from scoring goals when they bring back in Joe Thornton. Uh, they bring back in. Yeah, that'll, that'll temper things down there a little yeah. bit. Slow things down, literally. Yeah. Um, some of those guys are getting healthy. It sounds like Nick Robertson's going to be back, um, but he's getting a third line minute, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, so, I mean, Toronto's not a huge surprise. I think, like, Austin Matthews now has points in 10 straight games. Um, yeah. 
So Toronto's not a huge deal. Carolina, uh, I mean, Carolina's a team we expect to score goals. At least I expect to score goals. Uh, Vincent Trocek has come around to, to look like a the player he looked like was it two or three years ago in Florida when it, he was scoring lots of points. I mean, Jordan Stahl's playing well too. <laughs> yeah, Jordan nice. Stahl was a top ten player last week, like point per game. Jordan Stahl, I just it was a player I kept seeing. When I what what that. year is this? Like. This was never a year. I don't remember, like, even when he was a top pick with the uh, with the Penguins, um, like, playing with, you know, he's had, some, he's had some decent years, I think. Yeah, yeah, I can hear you typing, and I'm thinking, like, I got I'm just, I'm trying, uh, like, I haven't, I haven't thought of Jordan Stahl in a really long time, yeah. and now here I am going, wait a minute, is Jordan Stahl somebody I have to put the little star thing on Yahoo and be like, hey, let me just, like, I'm not ready to full out go on. Here's the thing with Jordan Stahl, though, okay? He, he had 13 heard. shots on goal this season. He's got four goals. <laughs> so, yeah. like, regression is coming. Like, you know, if, if, if we want to talk bad about Ryan Johansson, well, you know, yeah, there's a moment. Here comes Jordan Stahl. Uh, slowly but surely, Jordan Stahl had what? He had, he's had one 50-point season. He's a 25-goal scorer once upon a time. Yeah, but to put those teams into context, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, those Pittsburgh teams are really good, right? I mean, he hasn't, I mean, he hasn't done very much since, right? He's, he's, he's what? He, he's about a 50-point player in, in the NHL, I would say, when he was, like, that is playing. Bad. Yeah. And then he went to Carolina. He was, I mean, he, he was decent in Carolina when he stayed healthy, so that's that's fine as well. But I mean, the the shots on goal are kind of a a concern here because he's got like he's thir- he's shooting thirty percent, right? Like that's yeah. like that's elevated AF. Like his like last season, right during the regular season, he shot six percent. Yeah. Right, and nine percent the year before that. Yeah, like like, and his career average is what, like ten or something? Nine point nine, yeah. Nine point nine. So he's uh, shooting 9.9 below. Nine point nine in Carolina, eleven point three for his career. Eleven point three, which is not that bad. Eleven point three is just still pretty good. Like he's again, he's shooting thirty percent right now. So at some point, this fire that he's on will definitely come back down to earth. But, uh, hey, 12 points in 10 games. If somebody wants to buy Jordan Stahl off you, I would probably sell him for anything I can get with a pulse. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely the best Stahl right now, right? I don't I don't think that's there's any dispute oh, I mean, for the time being. I mean, Eric's, Eric's on a team with COVID. And <laughs> first of all, let's, I mean, Mark and Stahl, Mark, did, did Stahl right. score a goal this week or something? Uh, maybe. Marstall scored a goal recently, I think. He's got two this season, so... Yeah, he scored one against Nashville on uh, Thursday. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Mark Stahl being useful. <laughs> Look at that. Mark's, here. Here's the funny thing, okay? So, Mark Stahl has 18 shots on goal this season. Jordan has 13. <laughs> uh, and I guess while we're just bringing it up... We should throw Eric in there, who only has um, 18. 18 in 10 games. 
So when when Mark Stahl is tied with all the Stahl brothers for shots on goal, <laughs> you know this is not you know something is wrong. Not yeah. that that's an invitation for Mark Stahl to be on a fantasy team because I'm assuming at some point he's I mean, he's going to come down to earth and stop doing what he's doing. But again, imagine how tilting it must be. You're playing Nashville, right? Everybody running out to grab Pecorino to start and whatnot, and Mark Stahl scores a goal. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, the contextual piece here is that I mean, Mark's played six more games than than Eric, but you know we're gonna put that aside right now and uh, look the other way for now. Um, so yeah, I mean Carolina Brock McGinn I think had three goals in three games. Um, He's playing top line minutes with Aho and Taravainen. He was uh, until last night when they dropped him down to the third line. Uh, Nino Niederreiter had like. I think like 14 shots in three games. Not sure where that came from. Um, but I mean, writer's good. I just think they don't like they don't give him. How can I say this? Like he should be playing in the top six, and they don't give him enough of that. Yeah, he started the year uh, playing on the top line with Ajo. They kind of continue to just mix and match, uh, which is terrible for fantasy. I mean, it drives for me sure. Up. But you're like, like, let's face it, you're not going to get much value out of playing Nino Nino Rider on the third line with Jordan Stahl, who is now, <laughs> sh- no, like he's not shooting the puck and whatnot. But yeah, I just feel like Nino is not a bad player either like he's more than capable of producing and he's a like he's a goal scorer right like he scores goals which is a nice thing to have right i mean i feel like shvastikov on the top line is kind of where he needs to be same thing you kind of want to get him going a little bit here so that's never a bad idea to play him with the best players on the team kind of some things that coaches don't want to do right they don't want to play the best players with their best players I feel like they they still handle Svechnikov by his age, right? Like, I feel like Brindamore is still like, you know what, Andre? You're still only like 20 years old, buddy. Like, he's only playing 17 minutes a game on average, Uh right? Like, Vincent Trocek and Jordan Stahl are both playing like a minute and a half, two minutes more a game than he is. That's not what should be happening when, um, like, surprise, Andre Svechnikov is actually the best player on your team. At least no worse than the second best player on your team right now, Fair right? Nice. Like, even, um, I, like your argument here is like, is he better than Aho? And that's a, a maybe, maybe I guess you can throw Dougie Hamilton in there. But I mean, Brent Pesci had more points than Dougie Hamilton last week. Go figure, right? Four points in four games. Brent Pesci uh, doing that on a 16.7% shooting percentage. That doesn't seem unrealistic, but. Uh, Pesci also played two minutes a game more than Dougie Hamilton, so I'm not certain what's going on in Carolina. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on, but they're scoring goals and yeah, they're giving they're up a bunch, done. so they are a fun hockey team to watch. Again, no defense being played in Carolina. They're just right. If if, if you are looking at it like an X Y kind of graph here, yeah. like you definitely will find 
Carolina in the fun category. So lots of goals against, lots of goals in their net. They're, they're from a DFS perspective, they're a great team to stack because you know game script's going to be in their on their side as well, right? They're going to be trailing at some point, and then they're just going to, you know, everybody's going to be out there now trying to pick which combination to go with, right? And what nights to time Jordan Stahl and Vincent Trocheck is a little bit of a hassle, but. Well, especially like last night, Trocek was over 6K on, on DraftKings. Nope, I'm going to pass on that one. Not when like, I think Aho was like $600 more. Svechnikov was like $600 more. It's like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go there. Thanks. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, they're certainly a team to look at, uh, find some value from because they're, they're scoring goals. It's coming all the way across the lineup. Um, the last team on the list here is Chicago. So, I mean, we talked about Kane and Debrinkit, uh, seven points, six points each over four games. Uh, Nicholas Bodine uh, is now the power play quarterback. Had a goal last night. He's got three points in four games. Um, they continue to change up who is centering Patrick Kane. Uh, we had Philip Kurishev take on that spot for about a week or so. Alex Rick, we're back to Pius Suter. Uh, still waiting for Carl Soderberg to have his turn, I suppose. Uh, like, I hate <laughs> I hate having to play Chicago or even look at their lineups. I just like I'm looking at it now and I'm like, God, I want to vomit everywhere. Like outside of DeBrincat and Kane, like. I mean, I wish they would just play Dylan Strome there or Carl Soderberg, whichever one. But like you said, playing Suter or Kershaw or whatnot, like they're just kind of patching holes everywhere yeah. here. Like I'm looking at their top power play. They have Lucas Carlson somewhere on it. And I'm like, why? Like it doesn't have to be like that, you know? It can be anything else. Like you said, Nicholas Bodine is there and you're like, okay, fine. But I mean, sure, Duncan Keith is old, but he can still play the top power play if that's the only body you have that's there. Dominic Kubali, it could be nice maybe to get him going again a little bit. Kind of <laughs> give him some, you know, some meaningful minutes instead of putting him on a second unit that has nobody in it. But, yeah, this... Man, I just... I hate having to play Chicago because like, I know where it has to go through. It goes through Kane and it goes through Debrinkat, and those two just are going to carry this team as as far as they can go. Yeah. I mean, in the same sense, that is exactly what I love about Chicago on any given DFS night. You can just go like, yep, just going to go ahead and play Kane and Debrinkit here. I'm going to take up two of my wing slots uh, and I will find, uh, have to find value at center, but I know that there's a huge amount of stability. You're sitting in these spots, both shoot the puck. I mean, DeBrinket's got 17 shots in four games. Yeah, he's a shooting machine. Him yeah. and Kane are just like, hey, we'll just we'll just do it from here. That's it. Yeah. And that's the so same he, thing for me with Kevin Lankinen. Anytime he starts now, I'm just like, hey, I'm just going to play Kevin Lankinen because why would I do anything else? Yeah. Why? Like, yeah, I could roll the dice somewhere else because. Right I mean, now, I played him on the wrong night when he gave up six goals, but that's neither here nor there for me, right? Picking yeah. the wrong DFS goalie is kind of something I've become accustomed to doing right now. But <laughs> in like in general, he he does more good than he does harm, which is saying something because again, I repeat it every time. Like he plays for the 
Chicago Blackhawks. Like this team can't can't play defense, not because they don't want to, because they physically don't have the bodies to be able to do it. Yeah, like I something that I come back to with Chicago is like, would this team actually be good if they had Jonathan Taves and Kirby Doc and like some of these guys that are hurt? I mean, part of me is still like, no, they wouldn't. But I mean, there's seven, five, and four right now. They... <laughs> which is which is really good considering, again, like the eternal struggle with this team now. I mean, every for me, every week the waiver wire is we'll just add whoever's playing between DeBrincat and Kane and just rotate that centerman in a whole bunch and do it that. But yeah, no, for sure. Look, especially with. I mean, you think about it from a sense, right? With Jonathan Taves there, that obviously adds something, right? Kirby Doc healthy, I think, uh, slots into maybe that second center yeah, role. You can move Dylan Strom down one. You can play Silverberg on the wing if you want to kind of complete that. Um, it, it definitely adds some depth. I think the same thing, maybe adding, you know, I mean, Alex Nylander's out of the lineup. I still think he can play hockey. Connor Murphy's out of the lineup. That kind of doesn't help. Uh, Andrew Shaw has another injury, so who knows how long that keeps him out of the lineup here. Um, but in like this, this Chicago team can at least be decent. But with all these injuries that they have, and where like what they've done so far is still, it's still pretty good. Yeah, I mean their goal differential is minus two. And I'll tell you something that's really helped their goal difference. And that's a team that has Malcolm Subban on it. Right. Uh, The thing that's really helped them is Nashville being a minus 16 and Detroit being a minus 18. As bad as Chicago really is. And it's masked right now because of of those two teams. Because they get to play Nashville and Detroit, who are absolutely awful teams. Dumpster fire, though. Dumpster fire of a team. Right. Um, that's just like Nashville's one five and zero on the road. That's like what? How is that even possible? Like Detroit's like we've won twice. What are you doing? <laughs> Detroit's just there, like hey, we're just trying to not be as bad as we were last year. Well, Detroit's like you know what? If we keep finishing as the worst team in the league, we're eventually going to win one of these draft lotteries, right? Eventually, on, we're going to get to pick first. <laughs> Come on. Uh, and it's going to be this year when the draft certainly doesn't have the types of players it last drafted. So, uh, that aside. But, um, yeah. Like, that's that's the most amazing thing about this. Is like, you look at the East, and it's like, oh, Buffalo's the worst team in, in the East. Oh, well. They're four, four, and two. Yeah. Right? Like every team in the East is at least pretty good. Uh, you look at the North, and I mean, Ottawa is a hilarious minus 30 goal differential. Um, yeah, but don't forget, Ottawa has to play Edmonton. <laughs> so. Right. Well, yeah, Edmonton and Toronto and Winnipeg, which are all like teams that score lots of goals. I mean, Montreal scored 52 goals so far. Vancouver scored 54 goals so far. So, like, there's a lot of offense happening here. No and Ottawa and Ottawa has Matt Murray. So, I mean, that kind of is what it is. But, I mean, they've beaten so far. Like, Ottawa's beaten three teams this year. 
and it's Toronto, Montreal, and Winnipeg. So, like, occasionally teams look past them and they get they get a win. And then you go to the West, and like, you wonder about like what happened in the Western Conference all of a sudden, right? Like, San Jose is like five seven and one, which I mean looks good against. Well, doesn't look much better than Detroit. I mean, LA is four six and three. We kind of know what LA is. Um, but they're only a minus four goal differential. Minnesota hasn't has only played eleven games. Um, Anaheim is like technically speaking, Anaheim would sit in the playoff spot today, but that's just because they've played more games than Arizona, Minnesota, LA, and San Jose have. Um but they're a minus nine. And then you get into the top half of that division where like Colorado and Vegas are both plus thirteens. Uh, St. Louis is a plus four, but they're still figuring things out with like a massive like roster overhaul. But I mean, the surprising thing about St. Louis is they're six and one on the road. Um, yeah, that's something. Three, three and two at home. Uh, and you just see like this like really top heavy stuff, right? Like Tampa Bay, like Tampa Bay is a plus twenty four right now through thirteen games which puts them on pace for what they're going to play. It's 54 games. So they're up. Yeah. 56 games. So they're going to, at this rate, finish around like a plus 100 in a 56 game season. Sounds about, sounds about fair for Tampa Bay, right? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right. Without Kucherov. Good offense, right? Their defense is pretty good. Their goaltending's elite. They get to play Nashville and Detroit a whole bunch of times. Yeah. Sounds about fair. And Columbus, who's not really not very good. Right. Carolina, who's got goal scoring problems. Florida's got Bobrovsky. <laughs> and yet here here Florida sits three points behind Tampa Bay with it right. Florida has an eight two and two record. And I'm sitting here going, Wow. Like imagine like stats mean nothing. It's just kind of what it's like they're a plus two differential. Right. Exactly. Right. They've only scored thirty eight goals, right? Like that's right. So you have Detroit, you have Nashville. Nashville has scored two less. Nashville's yeah. played three more games. So that's a whole other problem. But still they they're a plus two differential and they're eight, two and two. So statistically you're looking at this saying, well there's no way they maintain that pace, right? Like that's at yeah. some point they're gonna start, you know, the, the coin's gonna flip the other side here. You're not gonna win seventy five percent of your games when you're in those tight situations like that. Yeah, I mean, Florida had gone seven straight games winning by one goal before they lost to Detroit. Right? Like <laughs> before they lost to Detroit, right? Like there's yeah, a last Sunday to get through. Like it was last Sunday, and we talked about it because I was like wishing that I had the balls to have just said like Detroit's gonna win this game, um, because like the writing was obviously on the wall, and I just couldn't pull the trigger on it. Um, but here we are. So, uh, should be another fun week ahead. Hopefully, we can get more games in, some less COVID cancellations. Um, My goal this week is to start three goalies in fantasy hockey. That's it. Kind of do what I got to do. So, uh, on that note, uh, we will end things here. uh, And uh, we'll see all of you. Uh, again next week we'll find you in the chat again we are uh, over at fantasy alarm 
and uh, have a great week. Hopefully you can find some goalie starts.